This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Good day, everybody. Uh, we are back for the first time in 2022. We're refreshed. Uh, we're feeling good. Uh, I just had my booster shot on Monday, Mitchell, so I'm feeling my, my internet connection is through the roof. Um, <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just it's good to be back. Yeah, good. I hadn't had mine yet. I got my reminder. I can now get it, so maybe I'll book it soon. But uh, as a man who has already dodged the feral virus, uh, stared it in the face and came out on top, I'm, uh, I'm not that concerned. Yeah, no. We're, I mean, we're, we're. I think at this point we're invincible. I mean, we. Yeah. Every every loose associate of ours at this point has had COVID, except us. So. Yeah. yeah. See, we're fine. Yeah, we are. Excellent. Yeah. All right. And nothing to worry about me and you. Like you know, I, my my partner had it and I didn't get it. I mean, that's I'm I'm undefeated. No, exactly right. Uh, that's very impressive on your part. Um, okay, so we are back. It's 2022. Um, just thought we'd do an episode to sort of catch people up. There's been a little bit of rugby league news while we've been gone. Not that much, really, to be honest, but enough to talk about. Plus, a bit of NFL chat, a bit of questions, uh, and some other things as well. But before we do that, Mitchell, we're down to the final of Rookie Takes. Uh, for new listeners of the show for 2022, Rookie Takes will be back later in this year once the season starts. But Rookie Takes was a competition where each week uh, our Patreon subscribers were able to send in the worst opinions in the rugby league world of the week. Uh, and each week, uh, people voted on which one was the worst. And uh, at the end of the year, we put them all in a big knockout tournament to determine the worst take of the year. And we chipped away at that bracket in the latter episodes of 2021. And we're into the final now, the last two takes. So uh, Mark Levy was beaten in the semis, nearly two to one by our most gouch, the number one seed. The seeding committee has nailed this. Here's <laughs> he or she, whoever that anonymous Reddit account is, has steamrolled everyone in their path to the final and sneaking in. For the second time in a row with a 51 to 49 win is Glenn Alsop. So I'll quickly read both of those takes back and then we will post the poll um, of the final. So first of all, we have the number one overall seed at most gouts. And this was, of course, about Latrell Mitchell. Uh, so this guy kicks someone in the head, does multiple dirty hits on people, and now he's taking a stand. Next time, take a stand and walk away, mate. Can apply that to the fucking internet as well. Can't believe this guy acts like he cares about anything other than himself. Hence why he only takes a stand against issues that make him look sort of okay. Just remember, kid, people don't attack and insult Latrell because he's Aboriginal. They do it because he's an arrogant, rich pain in the ass and they will say whatever they know will hurt him. That just so happens to be his race or heritage. Into context, we shouldn't make fun of Cherry Evans' neck because that's his genetics and that's his heritage. So anyone who supports Latrell also supports hating on Cherry Evans' neck. Pretty convenient that he finds some racist after he takes an imagined dump. Also, the fact that Fittler apparently has a no dickhead policy. Trying to score some good boy points so he can play Origin. You see, he just bought a house for his mother. He's such a good boy, guys. Now he needs that Origin money now. Next season, I hear he's planning on breaking Pap's leg. We'll need to take down five racists and a Karen in one fend. Actually, the best idea for Latrell at this point is to buy Sheila Valley, get a sponsorship from Fortescue Medals to build a big iron statue of himself. He can have it positioned taking a dump on his dreams of ever winning a premiership without Tedesco. Mitchell, surely the ramblings of a, of a lunatic. <laughs> what do you mean, surely? Obviously, yes. I said it, truly. I said truly, oh, you prick. I said surely. I was like, well, obviously, yes, it's the ramblings of lunatics. But, uh, you know, he, he's obviously a, a worthy member of the final tour. I think we could have picked that one from the moment. Yeah, number one seed. Yeah. 
And a bit of a bit of a Cinderella story. Glenn Allsop, I think, was the sixth or seventh seed overall. He's up, he upset the two seed in the semi in the quarters, and then he beat the sixth seed in the semis. So he's, he's the seventh seed. He's into the final. It's football. Why feel the need to push a culture? We don't have a non-indigenous jersey, do we? We don't have a non-indigenous round. We don't have a non-indigenous comp. Why? Because we accept. Why is it others want their own comp and every exclude other races? Curry knockout. Ever see a non-Curry knockout? Imagine the outroar. Yeah, I mean, Outlaw really does a lot of heavy lifting there. It's just a good headline, Outlaw. <laughs> you know, Outlaw we, just takes that one. Do we need to ban racist stuff from this comp next year? It's just more fun if it's just stupid shit. No, we don't, we don't have to ban racist stuff, but uh, it's, it, there's a lot of racists in Australia. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of racists here. <laughs> but it's, you know, people could submit racist takes. We'll still, we'll still address them. Maybe we can just do a bit of fixing of the... Yeah, like I want more like that South fan that thought the grand final should have been tied because the drop goal bounced over the crossbar. I want more yeah, things like that. Just good, harmless like idiocy. More terrible footy takes, whereas this is just a terrible racial take that, you know, could be about anything race that yeah. just happens to be about around the rugby league universe. But I'm with you. Maybe we can still take the submissions, but we'll cross out ones like that from from uh, making it maybe. to the final. It's going to be more fun maybe. next year. Yeah. That, All that, right. Um, and if you want to be a part of uh, submitting rookie takes, voting on rookie takes, and deciding who's in the final of rookie takes, you must remember our Patreon subscription show. Shout out to everyone who stuck with us over the off season, which was like pretty much everyone, really. I don't think we lost a single patron over the last month, you were saying, Mitch. So um, a quick shout out to the people in the top two tiers in that Patreon subscription service. And they are, uh, I've sorted this by the wrong list. Excuse me. There we are. Chris Adnell, Dave, Carlo Tyson, Rocky and Rocky, Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Ben Wallace, Cam Beswick, CTO, Dan Cullinane, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Frankie, Jace G, James K, Jason, Joel Wrigley, Josh Brandon, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, lifelong Dolphins fan, Maddie Jenkins, Matt Coleman, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, my ding dong is hard and I am sad, never trendy, party keg, Razor, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Seymour Butts, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Schwarzy, Ty, the not so mature student, Thor Lakoff, Tom Hardy, and Woz. Thank you so much for your support to everyone in the lower tiers and to everyone who just listens. Thank you as well. Um, we're expecting some big things this year, both in terms of extra stuff for our patrons and just... Um, yeah, merch stuff that we've been brainstorming as well, Mitchell. So it's a good time to jump on board. Patreon.com forward slash an Rookies. Yeah. Don't forget Coltrane Cup coming back as well. That's the main thing. That is the main thing, exactly. We're totally overdue on merch, which is our bad. We can't keep blaming coronavirus, but we can. <laughs> we'll we absolutely can. I made mean, it kept coming back. You know, the supply chain. They took the meat from it's, Woolies. It's, it's they, economics. You wouldn't understand it. it yeah, exactly right. It's, it was branded mints we, we were giving people, and the meat's not getting the Woolies. How's it getting from us? Good point. We, we, we're not at fault for the supply <laughs> chain of national Everything. supermarkets. Yeah. We're not. All right. Let's move on. Uh, what do you want to talk about first? Shall we discuss we'll, we'll do, the sign? Do you want to we'll do, do footy first? Yeah. We'll do the signings and then. All right. Um, the Crichton brothers are reunited in Penrith. What a story. I mean, we know it's the sport of nepotism, but guys like Christian Crichton, just having a brother who's pretty damn good as it's 10 year career that Malachi Watini's Lesniak his brother isn't even that good and Malachi you know came back to the sport got a couple of gigs Christian has been poached for being Stephen Crichton's brother and been taken back for being Stephen Crichton's brother and got a two-year deal got some security for let's be honest probably isn't one of the what top 40 most talented wingers in the country good on him though just top 50 hey, I mean good on him money. but like, it's just mate how good's having a, a, a good brother? 
Yeah. Too bad. It doesn't matter like that in any other industry. You imagine just rocking up like your mates, your brother's got a really good job, and you're like, fuck. You've heard you've heard I'm pretty good. Have you I seen mean, my I, younger brother? Mum reckons he's better. <laughs> I would argue nepotism does work in other industries, but uh, particularly the not, one I'm in. But um, not this type of nepotism, obviously. No, I, obviously I guess it, it is slightly work. different. You need to at least be. Yeah, look, I don't know. Maybe the daughter right. of someone successful, son of someone successful, yes, or you know someone there, but it's not very often that they're like. You're right. You know, you're right. You're right. You're going to perform for you one year, <laughs> and they're like, "Mate, have you any chance you've got a younger brother?" <laughs> Mate, <laughs> like, our best programmer, Steve, his brother John. Yeah, you're right. That's not happening. You're right. Yeah, um, well, he's only 16 now, but when he's 20, he's going to be better than Steve <laughs> <laughs> programming. Um, uh, Philip Sami signed a contract extension with the Titans, which is nice for him. He's he's okay. He's got a he's such an interesting career already. Like Philip Sami, like he went from being really rated as a rookie. He's still only 24. You know, he played Origin, wasn't really locked into the the cow the the Titans side, and then was okay last year. I'm actually quite surprised they already resigned him. I mean, he's a fine player, but it just it always feels that like they're not that certain on what they think of Philip Sami. But you know, he's got he's got another contract, so good on him for earning that. And I think I do think he's worth keeping around, but it just seems they haven't really got a commitment to his spot on that side. I guess without Anthony Don, they'll, they'll you know he'll have a spot in the wing there. But he's signed to 2024, which isn't too bad for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, not not too bad. I, I think he's all right. Uh, Mitch Kenny's extended with the Panthers as well. Another grand final hero, staying put. Yeah, that's I don't I don't know about that one. <laughs> hey, I'm not a big fan of Mitch Kenny, and they've obviously lost uh, Coruscant. So I don't know if Mitch Kenny like you know yeah, <laughs> he, he's taking him. that job. But but this it's is like they're on that um their honeymoon period, mate. They won the comp. Everyone's staying. Give them more contracts. How good's this? How good are we? Give everyone a deal. Yeah, it's fine. Everyone gets a car. Um. Uh, clearly, Ash Taylor was training the house down because he's already gone from a training trial with the Warriors to a full-time contract. That seemed weird in the first place, like that he wasn't worthy of a full-time contract. And if he yeah, wasn't I worthy of that. a full-time contract, what changed in the last yeah. two months? That's what I don't understand. Like, I don't know, maybe it's contractual stuff that they, they couldn't fit him in at some point. But they're not really let, letting anyone go in that, in that time, so... I'm I'm confused by all of that, but obviously Ash has a, has a bucket loads of potential. It does look like he's hanging on for that Redcliffe deal, you know, signed the one year deal there. I, I think everyone assumes he's going to sorry the Dolphins, and maybe he's maybe he isn't. But the Warriors are staying in Queensland, and you know, maybe he gets gets a game there. They're they're already shaping up having a weird situation in the halves that you know everyone not you know not tapped in. Most people onlookers think that guys like Chanel Harris Savita are locked in as like you know, Warriors halves. I saw it Cody Nicarima there. They just re-signed Ash Taylor. They just signed, what's that guy's name from, uh, I've forgotten his name. The guy they took from uh, Luke Metcalf, who people think might play. I don't know. I think we might end up seeing one of those teams that come around one. We might not see, you know, Sean Johnson's there now too, but we might not see guys like Ash Taylor or Nicarima or even Harris DeVita in the halves. So it might even be a Luke Metcalf, which is bizarre that they have so many. Whatever. It's a very worrying thing to do. And they can keep blaming them on rotate and changing them. Yeah, totally. Um, but you're right, it is a perfect situation for Ash Taylor if he's eyeing off a spot with the Dolphins next year. Just yeah. staying put. Not really any pressure or expectations on the Warriors to do anything next year. So yeah, good well, on it. But like pretty it, much a perfect deal for him in twenty twenty two. It currently like no one of the top end the top echelon of talent have queued up to go to the Dolphins, and that's gone much worse than they would have liked, obviously. And anything Wayne Bennett says publicly is a lie. 
<laughs> they're saying, oh, we're not worried. We're not stressed. They'll come. But there is going to be a lot of those types of players they don't need to sign yet that will queue up to go there. Like guys like Cody Nicarimo will be looking for a gig there. He'll try and go there probably. Ash Taylor will be a lot of guys like that who will look for a gig there and they may play well on the Wayne. So not all doom and gloom. And also it's, I, I still think, I know Ash Taylor is a, everyone thinks he has talent. Everyone knows, knows he has talent. I know he's a frustrating player, but I still think that he's just too good to not be in the NRL. And there's too many good games and the bad games aren't that bad. They're not terrible. You know, he's not one of those guys that when he when he socially loafs for a game or bludges on the edge, he's not one of those guys who's making a lot of mistakes. So I think he's too good to lead the NRL. So in that sense, I am happy and maybe ends up with the Dolphins and maybe where's the seven there. Yeah, hey, totally. If meant, what if, if Milford ends up there, he ends up there, Nick Ray ends up there. My God. <laughs> you're going to you just Broncos 2.0, which is, you know, what they said they weren't going to be. But uh, they're hey. <laughs> Yeah. Who could have exactly. seen that coming? So like when the Wanderers just kept signing Sydney FC players when they came, it's like now we have Shannon Cole and Mark Bridge. It's like, yep, all right, good. <laughs> good, good. Um, Stafford Toa to the Tigers. Good signing. Another good signing for West, I think. He's good, isn't he? Uh, I'm not like everyone knows he's got potential. I believe he's got potential. I'm not so sold. Well, if there's one club where a young, talented player is gonna thrive, it's the West Tigers. Well, that that's it for me. It's like they're adding another guy with with issues and a lot of potential to a club that has about 25 of those players. And it just feels like Stafford Toa is usually the type of player that leaves the Tigers to, to figure it out. And I'm not saying the Tigers can't figure it out, but Newcastle weren't exactly stoked with him and, and could still use outside backs up at Newcastle, but they weren't stoked from what I know with a lot of his positioning and that's defensively and with the ball in attack, which is interesting for a winger to be out of position, but they weren't stoked with that at training and during games, and they weren't stoked with his work ethic at training either. And just feels like it's just another one of those guys at the Tigers that will people will buy into, show some flashes, and then I don't know, nothing. I don't know, but I mean, there's not a starting spot there for him, so I guess it's the best thing for the Tigers. They do have Nofaluma and uh, and Ken Marmalo. And adding someone with a bit of potential behind them isn't so bad now. I think it's, it used to be a bit more worry for a Tigers fan when they used to sign these guys or play these guys who weren't finished products as the first drop and then get rid of them after five weeks and do it do somebody someone else out there. So I guess they had that safety too that he's only there in the reserve grade. But I have not loved the signing as much as the community has. That's all I'll say. Well, Knights fans were upset, which I think is always a good gauge of things. But then again, you know, who knows? Yeah, but it's also you say that sometimes. It's also like it, I'll compare it to like in the NBA. You know, when when teams are, fans are putting together those trades, and you know they'll be like, "Oh, we can't trade away that random role player. He's, he's oh, what, he could be anything." That's true. But, they lost know, their so, fucking minds when they lost Connor Watson. You're right. Yeah, it's like no, who fucking cares? <laughs> like you know, and they were they were cheering. They lost Pierce, who well, for whatever reason, I I think. It's good for Pierce that left, probably yearly for Newey, but they kind of need Mitch Pierce. And now with Jaden Braley news, they definitely needed Mitch Pierce this year, if you ask me. But they kind of cheered that. And then you cheered the actual proven goodish player leaving. And then the what ish, like, ah, oh, fuck. He could have been anything. Yeah. Uh, and a nice story tomorrow, Martin. He's back. He's on a training deal with your beloved uh, Brisbane Broncos. Yeah, that's... If, people, if people don't know this, his career ended in 2019 after a, blame, a 
brain breed. A brain bleed. Uh, you sound like me, mate. Brain breed. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I let myself down there. But anyway. Yeah, I think that for the Broncos, I think firstly it's good for, for T to be back in the sport because I know I mean, how tough it is for any player, especially one like him who, who he was, you know, a every week first grader. So he had signed his new deal. He His future was playing rugby league. He was among the group of boys, all that kind of stuff. It, it, you know, and I know young men, when you're in the team environment, they get hooked to that on that, that environment. So you always feel sorry for guys that it gets taken away from them from things outside of their own hands. And that was injury with Tamari Martin. And it was a medical retirement. And he had to jump through a lot of hoops to get back there. I know the Broncos had some complications getting him approved and getting, going through doctors and bringing him back. He is back. He's only on a training trial. But I'm first, I'm happy for him that, like, that'll give him a bit more purpose in life, I believe. And he has said things of that, like himself, that he missed it a lot. And he's still only 26. So he's still a young man in his mid-20s who, you know, maybe at least... Maybe he plays first round, or I don't know, but he gets to go play for probably the Seagulls, I believe up there he's playing for, and he's on the training trial at Brisbane. I don't know what's going to happen with, with sorry, development contract now. I don't know what's going to happen with development contracts in NRL this year. I know the general rule is, you know, mid-season you can play or they can play if there's, you know, 10 injuries and you've got no one else. I don't know if the NRL will be more lenient with that this year with, with the coronavirus stuff. I think they might have to be. I think they might have to allow you to play development players from week one. Yeah. So may, maybe he gets a shot there. But I think it's one of those signings that for Brisbane, like this is all upside. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't matter for them. But he's a guy who was a starting half in NRL. At one point, the Cowboys were making him a fullback, if yeah. you remember back then. Yeah. But he was a starting half, had a lot of potential. And Brisbane, there is a path for Tamari Martin at Brisbane as well, that if he plays well, it's pretty realistic he could get that six jersey. Like It's not crazy yeah. to think he has he's, 10 good weeks at Queensland Cup. Yeah, you you still don't really have one, so we don't. I so, mean, it's it's you got, the best seven the, you got the best seven in the game though, so yeah, it'd be fun. Tony Staggs isn't moving there. They still have like the the, the awful selections of like Tyson Gamble, uh, Ezra Mam's probably too young, but it does feel like a guy like oh Billy Walters is there. How good is that? But well, a guy yeah. like Tamari Martin could have ten good weeks and could play first grade after that and really make that jersey. He's like that this year. That's Tyson Gamble did the same thing. Sorry, last year for Brisbane. There's opportunity in the halves there, not. A lot of opportunity all over the field, but I think that's one of the clubs that, you know, for, for someone like him, definitely in Steeler Jersey there. It's not easy at a lot of other clubs that have their halves sorted out to get in there and keep the job. So hopefully for him, it works out. And hopefully for Brisbane as well. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be tracking that one to see how he goes. And yeah. um, one thing people wanted us to talk about was the uh, rumored tweaking of the six again rule for the 2022 season. Um, and whilst it is obviously an improvement on what we had this year, it's still not the answer. The answer is just scrapping the rule, but because they're too proud to admit that it's a dumb rule and they screwed it up, they're going to keep, I guess what, bastardizing it more and more until people are placated. But yeah, so people have missed this. Um, uh, They're going to look at blowing penalties. Was it inside the 40 or inside their own half? Inside the 40, your own 40, defensive 40, only penalties. Um, Which I look forward to someone being tackled right on the 40 and a ref having to make a call and that being Mm -hmm. a thing as well. But um, yeah, look, Obviously, that's better than the current situation, but it just still beggars belief that we have this rule at all. Yeah, I mean, it takes you right back to what was the original purpose of the first rule? What was the goals of those? And we already know those goals weren't really tangible. They were changes of, you know, there's too much wrestle, too many penalties, all that kind of stuff. But the problem this rule change is addressing 
is the rule change. <laughs> like it's not addressing a real problem. It's addressing a poor rule change. And instead of the answer to the poor rule change being remove that poor rule change, it's to tweak the poor rule change again. And I know it's one of those things that fans had suggested it while brainstorming the tweak. But that's just, it just shows you again, the lack of thinking that's going to these rule changes that sit like, People can go, oh, why don't we just do split the field in half and you do penalties and you do ruck infringements? But then you think about it for more than five minutes and realize it's a terrible idea. Like, firstly, what defines the difference between the two now? Because yeah. six against came in as a level below penalties. They're not full-blown penalties. The six against were for things that weren't penalties and in the ruck. So now are we having definitions different? between the 40 and the 60, the rest of the field? Is that different or are they the same? Because if they're the same, penalty counts are going to go through the damn roof because combined six against and penalties was much higher than what penalty counts used to be. So that's firstly the thing, penalties are going to go through the roof. Secondly, they haven't mentioned at all what that means to the 10 meter rule and where's the 10 meters from? Is it the play the ball at the 40? Is it where the guys are lined up at? Like what's the 10 meter offside rule for that? And, Who's it like the referees got to be fully aware all the time of things like that. You're going to give them more weird decisions to be making to then expect them to perform at a high standard. I don't think that's going to happen. So there's that coming in there. And and then like, why is it 40 meters? Yeah. Why like, it's very, very arbitrary. Like for, I know in, in rugby league, so it's usually 40, there's usually the 40 meters in your own 40 is it's a yardage set. It's called, you know, in the middle of the field, it's just neutral or whatever you want to call it. But and then the other opposition's 40 is a good ball set. That's how you know footy coaches everyone talk about it. So it feels like they've just grabbed yardage sets out of nowhere. Like the 40 meters is the yardage area. We'll do it there. But have they identified that that's the the trend? Is it like we're because what the issue I believe it's trying to address is the cynical six agains on tackle one and two in yardage, yeah. which were was a huge issue. I understand that. But like, what about all the other cynical six against? What about the cynical six against, cynical six against on the goal line? Like, they don't matter, or is they only matter when we bitch about them louder? Like, I don't know. It just it's just the same decision making that got us to this point that I think a lot of us are just trying to see out. Like, I'm done caring about the rule changes. Really, I'm just trying to see them out. Like until the, well, they've, the they've won, changes. they've beaten you down. They have. It's no, like, well, it's, look, it's 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 like politics, right? It's all optics, and to stupid yeah. people. Like less penalties means good. And that's it. Doesn't matter that the game's slower. Doesn't matter that the ruck's slower. Doesn't matter that, as you said, combined six against and penalties were far more than what they were when we just had penalties. None of that matters. Mm-hmm. All that matters is they're hearing the referees whistle less. So therefore, in their brains, because they've had referees are bad drilled into their brains by everyone in the media for 25 yep. years, that they think this is good. And we're well, in the minority on this. We have to accept that, which, which is crazy. Know, like yeah. you, people listen to this show, and they you you, you do you do worry about you, you do have to be careful of sort of falling into a bubble on this sort of thing. And I'm not saying we're geniuses or anything, but it, it is clear that people who listen to this show, for the most part, are, I guess, what's the what's a non arrogant way of putting this? Like you're in the sort of more thoughtful bracket of rugby league fans, let's say, and the average mm-hmm. person just thinks. Well, there are less penalties in this game. Therefore, the wrestle is gone. Red flag. And the minute someone says the word the wrestle to you, they don't know what they're talking about. Um, and uh, less penalties means that the game's better. The land is forever. That's how it works. That's it. Well, uh, you know, stupid ideas are popular. It's a fact. Stupid ideas are not just in rugby league at anything. Things that don't challenge your thought. They're always, always popular. It's how we end up with, you said, it's a political thing. The one line, it's just stupid ideas are popular in general. These are stupid ideas, but they got implemented 
and they'll still remain popular. And even in the article about it, it says, you know, the ticks again caused a, a divided fans and experts since introduced, but the fact it's not going away. On one hand, here it is, it's helped almost eliminate complaints about the wrestle. It's like, yeah, it wasn't trying to address anything, but eliminate complaints that weren't based on anything. Like, because we all know the wrestle hasn't disappeared. I mean, it is trying to, what they're doing now, the, like, because people aren't saying the wrestle is still there. We people, as you said, that group of people or the majority of fans are accepting it's not there because no one's telling me it's there. They're telling me it's gone. But like the wrestle was there. That's what was happening on tackle one and two shitloads. Like players were holding down and looking at the referee waiting for the six again call. Like it's still fucking there. And I know they're trying to get rid of it, but they can't say they're trying to get rid of the, the wrestle because it's gone already. Yes, yeah, so exactly. Right. So you can't say that. But the other part as well, I try to get my head around as well, is if we're talking about that offside thing. So if it's if it's to the 40, if the play of the ball at the 40 is offside. Okay, so it's a it's say something in the ruck, it's a penalty up until the 40. So the defensive line to be offside is like so breaking news you didn't know, they don't keep a 10 meters in the NRL. It's not 10. Next time you watch it. Next time you see a play, play the ball in the 20, you see where the referee is and he's not in the 30. They keep it at 11 because that's just what they do. They say it's a 10, but they keep it at 11 because the player sitting in front of the referee, whatever, they take off, they keep it at 11 metres, maybe an 11 and a half. So you're telling me that if on the 40, if someone's offside, they, they'll be 51 metres back? <laughs> like the referee's going to adjudicate. So, but if they're in front of the 10, they're, they're offside, I guess, at the 50, but it's just, you're making these, all these little weird additional field position based rules for some goddamn reason. I don't know that won't fully address problems. And I don't know. It's, it means you can like hold down on the 41. It's, it's dumb. We're going to see this fine. first game, right? <laughs> like- yeah. And I don't fully, I haven't really fully thought about the best exploits of it yet, but we know we'll find them because they'll be there. Cause they always are. when there's up. Uh, Rule changes that the consequences aren't thought out. Like there'll be there'll be there'll be coaches out there who'll figure something out around. Well, tackle one and two fine, but when they get to the forty, you hold them down. And referees don't like giving penalties in the late in the count. They don't. So I don't know, but I again feel sorry for referees who we don't care about. But the rules are different for them all over the field, and they've been struggling with the rule changes. I already know there's a lot going on, and there was supposed to be a mental difference between a six again and a penalty. And now I don't I don't understand what that's supposed to be anymore. Like, uh, are we are we are we really saying that like in that forty, the six agains are like there's le- there's less penalties than six agains because there's only penalties. So outside that forty, there's more six agains and more penalties. The rest of the field, like you give them for lesser infringements, or are they for the same infringements? It's again, it's it's there's no detail of what the rules mean anymore. It's just we're gonna do this. Yeah, it's just the vibe, babe. It is just a vibe. And, you know, it, I'm not as angry as I used to be about this stuff because we knew this was coming. Just like we knew the dumb rule changes were coming, predicted all the other ones. We knew this was going to come because yeah. we can't admit that we're wrong. Just like the same, it's the same thinking that makes Joe Rogan so popular. And people know this video this week, but when he got proven wrong on his own show, he's like, oh, don't worry about it pretty much. Just that's, that's uh, quite, don't worry. Yeah, but about who it. who knows where that. that data's from? Who like, knows where that's from? I don't, I know I pull, I know I presented it, but who knows where that's from? So like, yeah, don't worry about the rest of the rule change. Like, we don't know if I'm not getting rid of the rule change. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, uh, mm. Don't worry about it. Dear, oh dear, oh dear. Um, all right. Uh, anything else rugby league related you want to talk about? Before we... The Dolphins haven't yes. signed anyone still. Well, that's funny. Yeah. And Felice Kafusi finally went bald, which is good. He oh. finally shaved it all off. That looks funny. 
But the Dolphins still haven't signed anybody, and they keep saying they're not going to panic. They're not panicking. But yeah, I mean, predicted a, a terrible expansion idea. Like again, not really thought out. Just ticking the box of what someone from this world thinks of Queensland. Another team will be great. This will be sweet. Whatever we can handle. You know, this, this rugby league in Queensland. There'll be appetite for another team. Tick boxes, whatever. We knew. Like we've had those opinions on that. But yeah, true shock that like even the players don't give a fuck. You can't get a players to go to the Dolphins for more money as a new team in Queensland. You can't get them to go there. Because it turns out if you wanted more money and you want to live in Brisbane, there was already two teams in that area. <laughs> like that there were, you know, there's guys who want to go up there and get paid have already done that, you know? It's not really it, addressing a need for the playing group. I mean, is it possible it's just guys who don't want to make a decision on their future until after this season? Like uh, I don't know. A lot of people up. used them to get upgraded. That's, when we, when we, that's when we heard, like, very true. And the rumor was like Brandon Smith told me he was yeah. coming. Yeah. Was great. If, why did the Titan CEO put that in public, that quote? Don't, don't say know. it. <laughs> just just keep know. that one to yourself, mate. But yeah, that's... So yeah, I don't know. The appetite just isn't there. And I, no one gives a shit, mate. Like the media coverage on this, the Dolphins, like no one's talking about it. They're coming. Nobody cares. And, uh, and that's... I think that's the one that out of all the decisions that were made the last couple of years that have stung me, this is the one that stings me the most because it's the one that's not reversible. Like every other poor decision with rule changes, those can be fixed. They're not kicking a team out in two years. No. You know, so you have to hope they're good and, you know, and then realize that that that's one less license that's likely to go to an actual expansion area. But whatever. I mean, we already know this administration will say what they want about expansion or, or new new eyes on the game. They don't care. They they satiate the same group of old people who write the same paper, the articles every other week. And uh, you know, the World Club Challenge being cancelled is another example of just not giving a single shit about the, Ridiculous, the, the game outside of the Eastern Seaboard. Incident. And especially especially when the concerns about the risks of COVID are now sort of completely irrelevant when like Penrith themselves were involved in a like massive COVID outbreak. Like we've all got, ago. we've all got it. They've all got it. It's everywhere. But uh, yeah, so that stuff's disheartening. I'm trying to be positive again when the season's coming about footy in general, about the you know my team and the season. But this the stuff around the fringes and the administration of it still you know gets me down, unfortunately. And uh, as you said, Bunga, once we stop fighting, they've won the battle, though, haven't they? <laughs> they have. Um, but also, um, there's uh the RLPA. I want to talk about this. The RLPA responses like Christian Welch, a couple other people's responses to um the new bizarre laws regarding players for the upcoming season, which don't really make much sense to me. Like they can't go to the movies, they can't sit inside at a restaurant, like insane stuff. It is, and it's again that's a lot of that stuff that people have, and we've seen this in everyday life. People have struggled to adapt with the change of coronavirus and coronavirus policies. People have struggled to get out of the mentalities of two years ago or a year ago. But the NRL's handling of this stuff is also very much stuck in that same mentality of a year or two ago when at one point we thought rugby league players were privileged because they were allowed to still have their job. They were allowed to play sport and do things the rest of us weren't allowed to do. They had their bubble set up. We thought they were privileged to do that, but they fought through two years of that just like the rest of us did thinking this will end at some point. And now the players are being told it once again. And, you know, they're, they're humans. I know we don't... we can. People can say whatever they want. They're meat sacks to a lot of people in charge. We know this. They don't matter. But, you know, the rest of us, they're humans. And they want to go to the movies. God forbid. You know, they want to get married. They want to go to parties. And, like, they put their lives on pause for two years and played the sport and entertained a lot of us when there wasn't much else going on. And now that's over. 
and still they being told that they've got to stay in a bubble, not do as you said, eat dinner out. They can't go out for it's dinner all year. Ridiculous. Are you kidding me? And then we're gonna make someone who breaks those rules treat them like a criminal, like a off-field behavior issue when a guy like goes out for dinner and we're gonna act like that guy's a, a, like a dickhead. Because why? Because oh, he's threatening the competition. Like, fuck yeah. me, what was the point of being vaccinated? And it's not the same. Like the NBA and NFL rolled through it this year. And they had protocols and similar, but it's not really the same thing. Like the NFL have massive rosters, huge rosters. And I know that still ruins some team seasons, but they have huge rosters. And in the NBA, not every game, let's be, let's be honest, not every game matters. There's enough games that you can go through t- one or two weeks of coronavirus, coronavirus through your team, get out of it and be sweet. Like, a team in the NRL, if they had a coronavirus issue for a month, they can end their season. Yeah. You know, that's yeah, it's it. Not, it's, it's not just, Travis Head missing one innings for Australia in three weeks. It's not. It's, it's not. Like, if, if it goes to a, a team or whatever, it can end a team season. If they have a three or four-week patch and it lines up with the wrong opposition, that's it. And it did end seasons in the NFL too, but, you know, it was huh, they had it vaccination sure policies. Yeah, they had vaccination policies over there. And they also did the don't ask, don't tell thing, essentially. Like, after you've got tested positive and we caught you, we won't test you for six months or whatever it was. Like, three months. Like, they kind of... They, and those leagues are starting to realise that we can't even... We're just going to start ignoring it, kind of. Because, yeah, like, the sports... Well, the got people aren't going to stop. There's too many people to try and control. And especially when the rest of us... If the NRL have those restrictions and the rest of us can live normal lives, they're not going to last. They're not going to stick to it. And I don't, I don't know how you can expect players to do that either. And yeah, like they just the humans like the rest of us, mate, as you said. Yeah, it's 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 immensely frustrating. And look, we've had to sit through months of like Andrew Abdo and stuff talking about like basically tiptoeing around making vaccines mandatory at, at, at every turn and like saying all these buzzwords that I think people want to hear in regards to like taking the strongest and most responsible approach. Mm-hmm possible and all this stuff and it's like i don't know i yeah i just don't know yeah so it's like they'll be tested daily banned from indoor venues and have restrictions on gatherings like you know is it gonna last the whole year and that's it you said mate they had the vaccine push and like i know like which one which blew up he's like what the fuck i got double vax just to stay the same like what's the difference like the anti-vaxxing guys may as well just stay dandy like not got the vaccine yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Jack White said, yeah, I thought I was getting the stupid vax so I didn't have to go do another year of this shit. Which, you know, yeah. fair point, true. I guess. <laughs> like, it's true though, mate. Like, to be honest, like, yeah. I didn't I didn't get vaccinated not to get sick. Let's be let's be honest, mate. Like it's it's not for me, it's for getting back to normal life. I did my, that's what we got yeah. we got vaccinated to do our bit to move on with our lives. Correct. And whilst the rest of us haven't really fully moved on and the virus is still spreading, NRL players getting restrictions applied to them that aren't applied to the rest of society is ridiculous. Yes, it's absurd. Um, and daily testing. for like So I don't know if, if it was... When they say daily testing, are they getting PCRs daily or rapid antigen tests daily? Because... I have no idea. Well, ra- rapid antigen I have an accurate, so... Well, yeah, and if people don't know, you can, you can Google this. There is good grass out there. And unfortunately... That hasn't been communicated very effectively through, through whatever channels, but rapid antigen tests are only active when you're highly uh, accurate when you're highly viral. So, if you're feeling sick and you get a rapid antigen test, like if you are feeling sick and you have that test, 
it's very likely that your result from that test is accurate because you were feeling sick, you had symptoms and you were highly viral, but it doesn't work if you're not viral. So those first two or three incubation days, the, the first two or three days when you catch coronavirus and a lot of people have burnt thousands of tests doing this because they've met they contact with someone that day and they've done a rapid antigen test the day after. It won't work. You're not testing its right scenario. It won't work if you're not sick. So if you test when you're not sick, it won't do shit, but you could have coronavirus. It just, the antigen test will turn, will turn negative. So are they doing those every day or doing PCRs every day? If they're doing PCRs every day, that's ridiculous. But also, they didn't rapid antigen tests every day. They're not stopping shit. <laughs> like if they, those guys are in close contact, if someone had it, came to training and they didn't feel sick for like five days, that's four or five days of whilst it's not very likely to spread when you're not highly viral, it's still the chance of spreading. And when you're in much contact, those footy players are, it probably spreads in that period. So yeah, I don't know. And it doesn't seem like a very good strategy for the long term. It's it's not. Um, I, I, I just don't know how this... I, I don't know how this comes to a positive resolution, but we'll see. Yeah, like I said, hanging out someone to dry the moment, as we love to do in this country, but hanging someone to dry the moment some player, like, you know, goes to a family gathering and gets caught. I don't there, think it'll work this time. Dry. I don't either. I think public opinion has shifted so much that, like, if I read a story like yeah. that now, I just wouldn't care. I'd be like, I'd yeah. See it, like the, the Christian Welch quote you were speaking about is like, he's like, we aren't robots. Like, everyone else, we need to be around our loved ones after a pretty isolating few years with this extensive testing regime we can safely continue our work as NRL players but we also want to get back to living a normal life yep that's it like other Aussies want to get married take our kids to play centers we want to host family barbecues yeah yeah it ain't that bad I don't know so hopefully that changes but I mean if it doesn't the season is going to be truly bizarre uh yeah it is. I don't know how that's going to work. You'd almost rather be in a bubble. I don't know. Yeah. No, they might rather be in a bubble. They can do whatever they want inside a bubble. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. All right. Uh, any other footy takes before we move on? Uh, no, I don't think I don't think anything else footy related would be good. All right. Um, people wanted NFL stuff for a while. So, uh, so people have wanted some NFL action for a while. Uh, we didn't. We 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 did NFL boom rookies last year. We might do one maybe Super Bowl week, but we'll just do a little bit of NFL chat now. We're into the second week of the playoffs. Pretty shit weekend of wildcard football. Mitchell, no up, no no second half lead changes. Uh, I think the 49ers Cowboys pretty much the only good game. Um, Bengals Raiders was okay, and then like the rest were just all blowouts. Um, but your boys got a week off and uh, they're primed for another NFC championship game defeat. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, they've got to get there first, obviously. We haven't beat the 49ers in God knows how long in, in the playoffs. We've had some terrible losses to them. And I know it's a while ago now. It's like almost a decade ago, but I'll still never forget the uh, oh, 300 yards. Again. Oh, my God. The 300 yards on the ground from Kaepernick and Frank Gore and three TDs. Yeah. <laughs> and, and even though over that time, the team has changed a lot, there's not a single player left outside of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think Mason Crosby too, actually. But anyway, like that, the Packers defense has changed a lot. They're still not very good against the run or against mobile quarterbacks. And luckily, Jimmy G isn't mobile, but he's also a little bit in doubt. So that scares me. But I'm, uh, I'm just trying to, you know, put my hands in my ears and kind of avoid the Packers issues. I don't want to talk predict the game or anything. I'm just going to turn it on when it, when it comes. I think I said to you earlier in the year, like, 
I haven't got many more Aaron Rodgers years left. And I'm trying to do my best to enjoy them. And I'm also expecting us to not win shit because I'm, I've seen so much playoff pain. I'm expecting it again. I'm trying to go in with no expectations to see how we go from there. But I mean, the 49ers, you know, they did, they did come in as the last team to get into the NFC. And I was pretty happy seeing them out of the playoffs the entire time because we, we do know at, at their best, they are still a pretty good football side. And they bottled a few games this year. I mean, we beat them only by two points earlier in the year and the coaches had a weird handshake. Everyone thought they were mates, but they're not really. But, you know, they, they, blew, they blew a couple of games they should have won, but they ended up getting in there on a, on a strong finish to the season. And I, I was pretty certain they were going to beat the Cowboys because the Cowboys had Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys love choking. They haven't won a playoff in God knows how long either. It was hilarious that it ended with bad clock management. Yep, and exactly right, as, as, as it would be done by Mike McCarthy, anyway, with bad clock management. Um, so uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not looking forward to any. I would have liked any other team this week other than the 49ers. And, you know, I just thought, we'll, I forgot that you don't, you just get the lowest seed because you came first, which is supposed to be the best thing. It's like, can we just pick? Like, can we yeah. pick who we want to play? You pick the Rams, <laughs> I think, right? Yeah, take the Rams. It was whoever, whoever won the Rams Cardinals game will get through. And of course, um, there's the cakewalk matchup for, for Tom Brady's Bucks. But. Others, uh, uh, AFC, obviously, my beloved Baltimore Ravens probably would have been playing this weekend if not for getting the most injuries by any team in the history of the nfl so um they got knocked out um but uh yeah we weird final four titans Bengals, chiefs bills chiefs bills game should be an absolute banger yeah it's a really it's been a strange nfl season in the sense there's not really been a lot of like elite teams no that we feel we felt good about all year and there's also not been a lot of there's been some players had some great seasons, but there wasn't really a standout like MVP candidacy. There wasn't, you know, three or four guys playing out of their minds. There was just like, you know, Rogers playing well still, Brady playing well still, and then people throwing up Jonathan Taylor because he was having a good season. It's never going to that running back, but Cooper Cup is a better candidate than Jonathan Taylor. I don't know why he didn't get thrown in there, but he had a pretty historic season for a wide receiver. But it was a bit of a weird year like that, and there was mm. periods of this year that the Titans looked like a joke. <laughs> and they and not the one seed. And the other periods this year, like the Arizona Cardinals were this year's 2020 uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, which they were like 11 and 0, if you remember the Steelers last year. And the fan base kept going, why is no one taking you seriously? It's like, well, because I know you're 11 and 0, but you haven't fucking won anything yet or beat anyone good yet. And that was the same with like the Cardinals feeling. And they fell apart and you know, they got knocked out after being so good. But it's been a weird season. Like, you know, at one point, the Colts were the one seed and they missed the playoffs. The Patriots, the one seed, got smacked last uh, week. We were the, the Bills. Baltimore were the one seed as well. Uh, yeah, we, they we were, were eight and three and they were the one seed and they finished eight and nine. Granted, again, the entire team was injured, but yeah. The, the, the Bills went through a weird period in the middle of the year, if you remember, where they, they lost to the Titans. The Jaguars they, as well. That's weird. Yeah. They, then they lost nine six to the Jags. And they lost to the Patriots in that game where that, you know, when they ran all over them. And, you know, they were also almost out of the playoffs at one point as well. It was a very strange year, but especially the AFC. And I mean, the Bengals are a good team as well, but they were in a playoff spot for what, like two weeks. Yeah. You know, that, that's it. They were ahead of your division for like two weeks and end up winning it. And uh, I mean, when the division, when the worst of the division is eight and nine, the best is 10 and seven, there's obviously not a lot in it. AFC North football, baby. And the terrible Steelers just limp there because they do. I'm very annoyed those teams didn't play for a tie last week, but that's all right. Yeah, that's it, which would have been charges in and maybe been better last week. But yeah, you go into this week and, you know, I think you would say the Chiefs have played quite well. You wouldn't say they played their best this season. No. The, the, I have no idea. I don't know what the, how the Titans are for, for one season. I don't know how it happened. I know, obviously, they're a good team, but yeah. like, they never seem to be in control, ever. 
Nah, I so, think whomever wins out of Chiefs and Bills is going to the Super Bowl. So do I. And I think I think the Bengals are a really good shot of beating the Titans. That'd be but, funny. You know, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, the Titans also lost to the Texans. Like that's what this these good teams in the AFC and they lost to the Patriots, which I'm not saying not knocking the Patriots. They lost like important games. Titans ah. lost to the Steelers as well. And they lost to the yeah. Jets. And here they are. Just just would have been a really good year to stay healthy. Not to be. Oh yeah, and they and they beat the Texans by three points. Oh, so <laughs> annoying. Like this was this was a year that was so wide open. Oh well. It was. What can and you I, do? I, it's one of those years that I think like the four or five best teams in the NFC. Yeah, which, I agree with that. I, you know, and it doesn't mean I think they're going to win the the competition in in the end because I do think like on their day that if the Chiefs I mean, get it Josh, right, the Chiefs and like Josh Allen for the Bills, Josh Allen's is you know you you've been a fan since day one, but he's special man and he's just a different type of player to anyone else in the NFL with his size, speed, athleticism, and his durability. Like yeah. he's, he's the he's only awesome. guy like him in the, in the NFL. So. Like, you know, people kind of kept comparing to Cam Newton at one point, you know, because a big mobile guy at quarterback, but Cam never had the arm no. talent of Josh Allen and never it's improved. The same, it, it, it gets, it's the same lazy comparisons like Lamar Jackson getting Michael Vick when, again, he can make throws that Michael Vick could never make. And yeah. he's fast. Michael Vick had a cannon. Michael Vick has a great highlights tape. He just never put it all together. Yeah. Like, you Lamar Jackson was back- a unanimous MVP. He was like Vic had some really good games. If you go back some seasons, you'll I think he has like his most touchdowns in a year is like 20. Like, that's not a lot of touchdowns <laughs> for a, uh, a guy who's being called, you know, one of the best quarterbacks going around. What is his touchdowns in a year? 21. There you go. That ain't me. Right. But he had, a, he had durability issues as well, though. Like, he, he never he played what full 16 once, Michael Vic. Yeah. But yeah, it's it. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's, it's been an interesting comparison. year. For NFL and the, and the other weird part of it too is that there's not really a lot of people talking about the you know the teams that there's no real you know tank for Trevor scam for Sam. No, I don't even know who the number one pick is right now because I don't have to really yeah. pay attention to college. I mean, it's probably I forget his name, defensive end most likely, most likely, which is which is also why there was like maybe we'll race for number one pick because mm. there's no real obvious quarterback, but yeah, it's gonna be interesting as well. But I have no idea who's gonna win it from here. Like, I don't want to say Packers. But you know, it's like I, I would not be shocked. It. Who cares? Just, They're just well, words. They don't mean anything. They are. But like, I feel like you know, I'd probably think on their day the Chiefs or uh, Bills would beat the Packers. They're just a bit a bit better equipped on both sides of the ball. The Chiefs defense really improved as the year went on. Hmm. And yeah, the Packers, fair. the Packers are getting a lot of players back, which is great. But I think you kind of want guys like Jay Alexander, Zadarius Smith, David Bakhtiari. I think you want them back a bit earlier. You don't want them back and getting, for mine anyway, getting their feet back under them in the playoffs. So I don't know. Who knows that disrupts things? Disrupts things. But uh, you know, Russell Douglas has been like one of the best mid-season signings ever. That's been really fun. It's been a really fun pack of seasons. I'm hoping we at least like get a playoff win and I can enjoy it a bit there. Like if we get knocked out, I'm not going into buying into the dumb blaming of Aaron Rodgers thing. Like, I think my favorite thing by the way so far, Bungard, is that for the last 15 years, Patriot fans have been telling me quarterbacks, wins is a quarterback stat. Yeah. Good luck with Matt Jones, motherfuckers. Yeah, that's fair. Very funny. That that was all his fault now. That's how it works. Yes, Every time exactly right. guys like Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers, their defense got waxed and their team lost and they put up more points than Matt Jones did, but they get smashed. It was always the quarterback's fault. Tom Brady finds your way. 
Don't you? Yeah. Like that. Good luck with Mac. <laughs> okay, go on with Mac Jones. Yeah. You fucking Gronks. Like I loved that. Like I don't hate the Patriots like I used to as much because what a shock, mate. The fans have disappeared. I quite like the Buccaneers because they have Tom Brady, but they didn't inherit the obnoxious fans. They're just sort of the obnoxious fans have just kind of gone quiet. Yeah, and uh, that's it. So that's, I don't. I like Tampa before Tom went there. He said, I'm not really death riding them like a death ride, death ride the Patriots, nah. but I've just loved it. Like I love all those little du- stupid fucking, you know, the, uh, the the stupid barriers they built for the way they used to discredit everyone but Tom for some reason to be a great player, you have to discredit everyone around you, around them. Like you have to say his skill position players sucked. You have to say like, well, it's all him, whatever. Well, good yeah. luck now. You've got that, that little game there is not going away from Mac Jones's record. Now, now if I ever hear from a Patriots fan about, you know, QB wins, I've got a great one. Mac Jones fucking sucks then. Yeah. It's all him. I agree. Uh, I think the Packers will win. Um, the whole thing? Sh- yeah, why not? I'll back you. Yeah. Um, they are a bit like the Rabbitohs of the last 20 years in the NFL. And so that one breakthrough success and then the rest of the time has been pretty good most years, but crushing finals failure. Yeah, oh, mate, the, the Seahawks game is seven years ago now. That doesn't feel like that was that long ago. It, it feels like... shaking well, me a little bit. Such vivid pain. It always feels like it was two or three years ago. I'm challenging that. There's no way that was. <laughs> it's twenty. That's, that's it thrown like, me. It was like today, seven years ago. Yeah, I think. it's fucking hell. Because it was like 2014, sorry, 2015. Sorry, Jan. Yeah, there we go. January 18th, 2015. Wow. So All it right. wasn't even. Yeah. It was. It was yesterday, and wow. the pack is up with the ball in hand, nine, 19 to seven with five minutes to go, and they didn't. Yeah, they lost to the Seahawks, we lost to the Patriots, and yeah, whatever. So if, I don't think I could be hurt like as bad as that again. I don't think there's the team that could hurt us like that in the playoffs no. on our side. But, you know, and last year when we lost to the Bucs, I thought we were going to lose to the Bucs that whole week because I thought our defense wasn't good enough, and it wasn't. Uh, Kevin King doesn't exist this, this year, but I'm sure some other bonehead, someone on special teams will fuck up. That's what's been our thing this the year. Special teams is bad. Yeah, well, Very we signed... Bad. um. If you might remember David Moore, the um the wide receiver who came from the Seahawks, you might remember him. Yeah, yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. We signed him as a punt return a couple of weeks ago, and true shock changed a lot of fortunes. I don't know why it took us like 14 weeks, but being a lot better about special teams is terrible. And that's always something that, you know, if you're not a Packers fan, for example, you kind of ignore that all year. Like I don't really know everyone else's special teams units, how good or bad they are. You know ours. I know yours is fantastic. Uh, I know there's some bad ones, but it's like, you know, most most fans, Aussie fans aren't really paying full attention. No, they're real. not. And but it is funny, so, though. Like, yeah. the number of games you can point to, not just for the Packers, but other teams, where, like, special teams beat a kicker or a returner or someone has cost a team a playoff game. And then when it comes to have a conversation about how valuable these guys are, people just go, oh, no, they're not worth anything. Like, they're, oh, no, they're I the most. There's no way Justin Tucker's worth a first-round pick. It's like... Why? Because you could get some defensive lineman who might be okay instead. Well, mate, like, like, like six weeks into the season, I was putting screenshots in my NFL chat that no one gave a shit about. But I was like, look at the, the rights, like me, just from watching casually. I don't, I'm not dialed into the special teams, you know, when Packers are playing. But I'm like, look at the right side of our line on field goal attempts. Everyone, someone is getting through on every field goal. And... All of a sudden, they start, we started getting blocked field goals. And you get a couple of blocked field goals. Confidence goes down. We start getting some poor snaps. You start getting some poor holes. Mason Crosby starts pulling some kicks. That happens on one end. And then the other end, 
when we we dropped like a punt like every week for like five weeks. Yeah, and that was fun. They they are more backbreaking than any other turnover, in my opinion, in the American football. Because it got like, to a point where I was like watching Packers games, I was like, just run away from the ball, just just don't go near it. Legitimately, like legitimately, like just let it go. There was one of the one one of the turnovers they had that like hit the dude's helmet before it went to the end zone. I forget who that was now. Was Randall Cobb, when he went back there, put safe hands back there, hit his helmet. Anyway, it's like, he just watched the ball hit him in the head slightly. And then the other yeah. team touched it, got it before it went to the end goal. Like, well, that's great. That's fantastic. But it's it's one of those things, like, if you turn the ball over on offense with a fumble or intercept, like, the team is trying to do something with the ball, you know? That, you know, an intercept downfield doesn't, doesn't ruin anything. It doesn't really feel like the kick in the guts as like of dropping a punt just takes the air out of you and it gives the other team like 40 yards they didn't have and you'd already forced them to give you the ball back. It's like the worst turnover in the NFL for mine by some distance and it happens you know multiple times this you year. You know who's always had really good special teams? Who? The New England yeah. Patriots. They have forever. And they yes. always will. Bill loves Bill it. Bill and Bill they think Bill other people figure that cares. out. You would yeah. think so. That it would matter. Right, and, other like the Ravens, always great special teams. Chiefs, pretty good special teams over the years. Like it's not a coincidence. Well, the the best thing about the Packers is also the worst thing, and the best thing is there's no owner to make erratic decisions. Yeah, <laughs> but the worst thing is there's no owner to make erratic decisions. So like it didn't happen. Like after that Seahawks game, Mike McCarthy, for many Packers fans, had already outseen his welcome and bottled a few playoffs with clock management and not made enough good decisions on the defensive side of the ball and was getting held up by Rodgers, whatever. His offense was stale. But it took like three or four more bad years to get rid of him. You know, where if they had an erratic owner, he'd have been gone, you know, after like whatever. And the patience is often good, but this year the Packers kept like just sitting out and letting special teams do what it did. And that's why it feels like it's going to cost them a playoff game because they did just address it. You can punt especially in his coordinator mid-year, you know. Like, they punted the guy last year who sucked after many years, and they somehow got worse. It's like, okay, like, you can just get rid of him, you know. And, you know, like, credit to some of the other guys. I think, like, Guttenkunst, the, the the GM, has done a great job. Like, I didn't love the handling of, of Rodgers and that that draft. If he could just take that one draft back and say sorry to Aaron, like, look, mate, I, I thought you were, you, were, you were washed, but you're not, you know, when you pick Jordan Love. He would have a great tenure at the Packers because, like, not only did he find Russell Douglas this year, you know, he also got us Whitley Merciless, but he also got like Devondre uh, Campbell, who ended up being, you know, ended up being a bloody um, all-pro linebacker. When Pax have had a good linebacker forever, but like on the minimum, and those guys end up being gone because you can't sign guys like Russell Douglas and Devondre Cam- Campbell on the minimum, turn them awesome in a year, and had them come back when your salary's full. But like the fact he's done that because you're facing, he can do that again. So that's nice. But you look at that, it's like that's cool. You address those issues, but what about that? We like drop punts every week for like a year. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna, we gonna fix that, or we're gonna wait till that costs us playoff games. It's great. It's great. Ah, look, it'll work itself out. I hope it does. Uh, I mean, the the trick is to just not punt, not t- shoot, kick field goals, just score touchdowns. And as you said, don't touch the punts. Just let them go. Wherever they go, let them go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Shall we move on to the questions? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Question time. Are you serious? Yeah. We're going to have any questions. Okay. Over on patreon.com for just animal rookies. If you want to ask a question, there's only two here because I'm an idiot because I, um, I thought I posted it earlier and I went to read the questions back 
And there it was sitting in drafts. <laughs> so <laughs> I only put it up like half an hour ago, like an idiot we're doing the podcast. But so there's only two there, a couple on uh, on Discord, a couple on uh, on Twitter. But our good friend, Michael Gregson, uh, bigger waste of everyone's time. The seventh and eighth place finals teams in the NRL or the AFC and NFC seventh seed in the NFL? Um, um, I, the seventh and eighth place teams in the NRL. Yeah, I mean, Just because we have so much history of them never doing anything in the finals, whereas um, there have been wildcard teams. I know the seventh seed is quite new in the NFL, but there have been wildcard teams in the past who've gone on runs and won Super Bowls. So, yeah, I mean, as, as you said, there's been wildcard teams who have done that. I know the uh, Eagles ended up being the seventh seed, not the uh, 49ers, but around that spot in the NFC, like, you know, the, the Saints, they were down to like their last quarterback, but, you know, fit Saints yeah. could have been a problem. The well, Vikings would have been a problem if they made it anyway. Like, they would if, have been. If, the, the Ra- they- if, if the Ravens were healthy, it would have been the Ravens, the Chargers, or the Bengals in the seventh seed. So and, you know, all, again, yeah. we know who has a better record or whatever. They've had the better season. You know, they make the playoffs. Whatever. But we know, like, we know the Colts, Dolphins, and Chargers were better teams this week than the Steelers were. We know this, you know, and they didn't make it. And that just makes the seventh seed look bad. Hey, the Eagles always going to get waxed in the playoffs when they got there. And so were the Steelers. We knew this all year. You know, they yeah. kind of got in there because of this, you know, that just the way the schedule worked out. But yeah, I, I think the seven, as you said, NRL seventh eight team ain't worth shit. I mean, years ago, like the the Packers went fifteen and one, if you remember that, and that one loss was against the Chiefs. They weren't the great Chiefs now, but they went fifteen and one when they chased sixteen and zero, and they had that the Matt Flynn game when, we, when they beat Detroit at the end of the season, and they went into the playoffs week off and then lost week one. Sorry, their first game to the New York New York Giants, who were a wild card. You know, like. Yeah. I think there's a, I think because, you know, in, in the NRL, the eighth place team is, he's the, that's the median of the, of the league, you know, in the NFL, there's still more teams miss the playoffs and make it. There's still pretty good teams, but there's still seven seed. There'll probably be a seven seed that makes the Super Bowl in a year or two. You know, I don't think it's a ridiculous prediction, but there's still, you know, what is there? Nine teams that don't make it in both divisions. Yeah, totally. Uh, I think that's pretty easy one. Isn't it? it is. Uh, Luke Smith said, "Who's going to be the Cavs Grizzlies slash Grizzlies of this UC's NRL season?" Um... So, if people don't know, the the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Memphis Grizzlies in the NBA, and the Cavs being good. Oh, well, it's been such a long time for me. <laughs> no, it hasn't. But um, they're two young teams that took a massive leap this season. I mean, the Cavs had won twenty seven games all of last year, and they're already above that halfway through the season this year. They both look pretty certain to be in the playoffs. You know, Ja Morant would likely win the least most like most improved player, maybe even in the MVP conversation for, for the Grizzlies, you know, for the Cavaliers. Evan Mobley's like locked in rookie of the year. Jared Allen and Darius Garland might be all-stars. Like it's been, people thought there'd be leaps there, but it's been like leap from, you know, good young team to serious contender, which doesn't often happen in, yeah. in one season, but two teams did it in the NBA. So um, you'd have to look at a team in the NRL that is coming from near the bottom of the ladder. That's going Cronulla, to go into all the Bulldogs six. are really the only ones. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think the, I don't think the Broncos have the cattle. Hey, you know, like Adam Reynolds edition is huge, but I think they're still looking for like seventh or eighth. So I don't think the Bulldogs can do it either, but, 
as you said, if they're going to fix this story, like I don't like, I don't see the Cowboys doing it. I don't see the Tigers doing it. The Warriors doing it. And the Sharks don't even come from outside the eight for Christ. Like they're ninth. They came ninth last year. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing. It's hard. I mean, it's pretty, like, do I think the Bulldogs are going to make the finals? No. But uh, they're the, really the only team you could make a case for, I think, that would yeah. fit that exact description. Like the Raiders had a bad year. If they bounced back, I don't think they would be put in that. Bracket. It's also, again, like, you know, the difference with these sports is like the NBA, it is honestly like one or two moves can change your entire franchise. And the Cavs, so they already had Darius Garland. It was a great pick. They already had Colin Sexton. They already had those guys. They already had the terrible Kevin Love contract. You know, they already had, and they picked Isaac Okora. But what really changed the Cleveland Cavaliers franchise is the James Harden trade. For some reason, the Rockets didn't want Jared Allen. So we went in there and stole Jared Allen for uh, touring Prince in a second. I think someone else is throwing in there too. I forget now. And that happened, which we got us Jared Allen, who's ball on all-star. But then this year, just lottery, we ended up third in the lottery. We got Evan Mobley, who is maybe the most franchise impactful, like the immediate impactful player in the NBA since like Tim Duncan, like LeBron James, the best rookie I've ever seen. It's a different thing though. Like the pack is still, sorry, the Cavaliers still sucked then. Like, Tim Duncan joined a playoff team. Doesn't very often happen. The rookie, you know, rookie of the years on a yeah, playoff team. Yeah. But, so anyway, they, the, you know, the Cavaliers got Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, and that's it. They're a playoff contender. For Memphis, they already had Ja Morant, but they didn't really have him and Jaron Jackson Jr. fit at the same point. So they already had those guys. They hit on like a Desmond Bain pick last year, who was late, late in the draft. They stole him from the Celtics in a trade, but it's like, yeah, like one or two moves can really rocket you from, you know, bottom dweller to play a championship contender or in the playoffs. Whereas in, in the NRL, that doesn't really happen. Yeah. There's no, there's no window of that happening every one year. Teams, we generally see them evolving every couple of years. So, and it does happen. It was like the Panthers a couple of years ago. Hey, when they rocketed up, but there's, there's no really good young team yeah, I can't. sitting there right now. It just, it's just not the same. There's no draft. Yeah. There's no, but yeah, there's no boom rookies gets- knocking on the door at a lot of these clubs to come yeah. in and, and- and even the Panthers went from it's from 2020 when they when they you know leap up with the rule changes like they went from 11 wins the year prior they finished yeah. um just outside the eight so it's not even like it is a rocket in NRL terms but it's not really the same I don't know if it can really be achieved in in the NRL yeah uh, okay over on to Discord for some more questions uh, Mario Seek says any off season NRL moves really surprised you. Um. I wouldn't say surprised. Uh, I like that we got Saliva Havili. It's not yeah. surprising though. Like, um, a bit, bit surprised you lost Ethan Bullymore a little bit, but uh, um, so yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I'm, I don't know. I just, I, I'm not really sure. I think the Hodgson thing finally happened, even though he's still there, surprised me. That little that whole, that hooker shuffle. I would say them me. apparently now in more in pocket for him than they would have been for Reed. What the amount of money Reed Marty wanted is surprising, and yeah. also funny. It's funny. It was a classic. Of course, of course they are. They're going to pay him more than Re- they're going to pay Reed. And, um, Terrible. And I, and I do think the Mitch Pierce move surprised me as well. I didn't, I didn't see him leaving this year coming because you look at them now and, you know, we ha- they ha- they're still keen on Luke Brooks apparently, but they've lost Jaden Braley and, and that team was, you know, maybe they were making, I know they were a top eight side, but maybe they were making the leap candidate, you know, to being a serious mm-hmm. contender. And then two of their spine, you know, from the end of the season has gone now. So, yeah. 
I don't know what the resolution is there. Maybe they do go Clifford. I, I think long-term, I think maybe they can go Clifford 7, Ponga 6, Bailey Hodgson fullback. But losing a hooker of Jaden Braley's quality at that point of the year, I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe um, maybe they can talk the Cowboys and Ling Reese Robson go there, which wouldn't surprise me. But, you know, even then, it's only, they wouldn't be signing in for a couple of years. So I'm not sure that would even happen, you know, if Reese would go there for 23 years. So. I'd say the, the piece that's, that's a really hard one. Yeah, it is. And then he said, are Philly ever getting rid of uh, Ben Simmons? And if so, what do you think the trade is most likely to be? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, I don't you know. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you don't follow the NBA as much as, as myself, which is fine. But it's one of those things where Daryl Morey's doing Bungard. It's like everyone's got the dude in like one of their fantasy leagues or dynasty leagues that like scoffs at every trade offer. Like they've got the world's greatest team. Yeah. And like, well, no offer is good enough, you know. One of those, oh, that's ridiculous. You know, he's they, like they've reportedly got offered from the Detroit Pistons, like Jeremy Grant, who's a good player, Sadiq Bay, who's a good player, potential young player with potential, a first round pick, and I think Kelly Olenek, who, you know, I know stacking shit high isn't exactly the answer, but if that kind of offer isn't good enough, like I'm not sure what is, <laughs> you know, like that what they're waiting for if they're going to get it, and for for the 76ers been the same the whole time. They want him playing basketball. That's what they want first and foremost. Ben Simmons on the court. He doesn't want to play. Uh, I don't know what the, the trade is going to be. I'd love to see, like, the one guy we all know, Daryl Morey loves, who also is pretty cooked now, James Harden. Like, oh, I watched my Cavs play him the other day, and he was getting guarded on the perimeter by Jared Allen by a center and couldn't get past him. Embarrassing. Yeah. But he's secretly pretty cooked. He can't get past anyone. And also, he still earns three throws, still gets his numbers, still gets his assists. I don't think it's going to happen, but I actually do think there might be something there with the Nets, with Harden, Simmons, and and that's someone that Maury might pay more for because Harden's one of his boys. So he might give Simmons plus for Harden rather than all the deals he's getting offered now is not enough for, for Ben Simmons. No matter what he's getting offered, it's not enough. And I might agree with him that I think at his peak and what he was before the, what we saw last year, like the you know one of the best defensive players in the NBA and still an athletic freak and still lots of potential all that kind of stuff refuses yeah. to shoot but teams can work around it like he he's right that most of the things he offered generally not good enough for a player of Ben Simmons caliber but you can only get what the market will offer and you know you're going to get so much when the guy refuses to play fucking basketball like it's not going to go up the offers are not that going up that is the main but- that is the main issue. Yeah, the offers aren't going up. Like, it's not going to be someone's going to come in like in a couple of weeks and go, "Fuck it, doubling my offer." The guy hasn't played, but we really want we really want him. It's like he didn't know, there's no one giving them a, like him not playing. This is the main reason they want him to play. He's like he's not giving anyone a reason to sign him. They haven't already already got like no one's going. Fuck, we could really use you know watch that game. Fuck, we could really use a guy who can do that. No one's doing that right now. No. So yeah. All right. I, I've no idea where he's going, mate. I think it's a fool's game trying to predict that. Anyway, um, wow, this is a strange one. Yeah. Amanda Plowright says, "What is the best dinosaur?" Yoshi. <laughs> there you go. So um, we're we talking. Well, he's, a... he's doing a stepbrothers quote, isn't he? Yeah, but I mean, we're going to answer properly. Well, I mean, Yoshi I is say, the best dinosaur. Are we going to? I was going to say, we're going to answer a particular dinosaur, like, like Yoshi. Or are we going to answer a type of dinosaur? Obviously, the best type is a Velociraptor. Um, uh, I don't know. T-Rex is a pretty cool. T-Rex is a pretty cool. What are those ones? What are the ones? Triceratops are also cool. Yeah, oh, Triceratops. Um, yeah, they're pretty dope. Um, uh, whatever. Diplodocus as well. There's big motherfuckers who say trees all the time. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah. yeah. Dinosaurs. They were cool. 
They were. <laughs> uh, ben Qualiada. Fuck. What, okay, You're... Islands are my favorite NBA players. Okay. Who's there and why? This... No, I don't know. Look, just saying my favorite players. I mean, no, we know this. I don't know. I like... I like Delhi, but he's not in the NBA anymore. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Next question. <laughs> I mean, yeah, mine are like, yeah, the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James. Too, too much basketball. <laughs> move, move on. Uh, RCB Shark says, do you think the league maintained the ultra restriction status for players to combat COVID or will we see bulk reserve graders and 20s kids playing first grade <laughs> to combat close contacts and cases? Uh, they have to change something. I don't know what though. They have to. Well, luckily, if they're all three grades, things happen. Maybe the guys can play two games in a day. But I mean, that's another part of it too. Is that what? Where does the 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 management of it start and stop? Like, is it the entire top thirty plus additional squad players? Is it reserved? Like, if you play New Wales Cup, say you were a training trial guy, development list guy, are you in the same rules? This yeah, Cup that's players, a good players. Like, those guys have other. What jobs if they have a job that's them. indoors? Yeah. What if they work yeah, at a like, bar? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. They haven't again. They haven't really been laid out very well to us. Obviously, the RPLA have a bit more details than we do, but they're fighting it all now. But I think there'll probably be a bit of give and take. And the RPLA haven't had the best time with the NRL over the last couple of years. I think they'll stand up for themselves a bit more than they would have in the past, which is good. But you know, talking about players' personal lives, they're always going to stand up for themselves. I think there'll be some give and take, but I also do think. We'll probably see some games with lots of reserve graders. Like they're not going to let a team of seventeen players with coronavirus play a game. No. Uh, and he said, "Do we just have a third bubble bubble year or NRL Island?" I think the players would revolt, and you know, rightfully yeah. so. Yeah, roughly so. Like three years is is we already know with our own lives is taking the piss to, with all of us, but. For those guys, it's something else. And we don't we don't care about the Warriors, obviously. No one does because they're still here. We just keep thanking them. But, you know, <laughs> the whole league doesn't sign up for that. No. Uh, Brenton Sloan, wh- who is the team with a pod in 2022? We're not there yet. We, we've got to take some time. So that's a big decision. The, yeah, it generally, Tigers again. It generally warms up. I'm, no, I'm taking a year off. I can't do it. Sabbatical next year. Yeah, when okay, I have Papa Lee and Corosau, they'll be back. Generally, we'll do the team previews, and we'll, we'll, and we'll someone will uh, t- someone will talk us in. Yeah, we we'll start feeling the vibe. That, gee, you know what? That team they might go from eleventh to ninth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they might they, rock they a might be might. A team. But yeah, we're not there yet. We can categorically rule out. Obviously, can't be south of Brisbane. We can categorically mm. rule out the Storm, the Roosters, Penrith, Canberra, the Warriors, mm. Manly. Uh, you said you're taking a year off from the Tigers. Probably can't be the Eels. There's too much too much blood between the podcast and the Eels. Jeez, it's not going to. It's not a lot of teams left, um, is there? <laughs> some, is it going to be the Sharks? Oh, we could really lean into the either. villainy. I don't know. I'd uh, enjoy that. I would embrace I the heel role. No, I don't know. I don't know if I can. I can cheer for them. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it comes. That's you start laying. Once you knock the Tigers off, if I give them a year off, it's. I can't uh, do it though. I can't oh, no, do I, it again. It's fine. I understand. But uh, um, once we do it, that, it's it, tough. it might end up being the Sharks. Jesus Christ. It's terrible. Uh, yeah. V8 Tiger asks predictions who win the AFC, NFC, and Super Bowl. We kind of uh, did that, but you were saying pa- Packers over Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Uh, Bills over 49ers. Yeah. <laughs> Just sure. <laughs> Why not? That'll do. Okay. Uh, 
So over onto Twitter, last few questions before we wrap the show up. Uh, Danny Boy 1975, what's the best way to graduate Lambs, Rams fans on an upcoming MSC Championship game win, given they're a lock and no chance of losing? If you're a new listener to the show, we don't usually talk about things that aren't rugby league this much, but it is January. Yes, we do. So, yes, we well, do. Yes, we do. <laughs> I'm trying to get them to stay, all right? Um, whatever. They can, they can go away. <laughs> we don't need them. Okay. If you're new here, leave. <laughs> we're fuck off we're full exactly uh, Bobby Dazzler 14 which teams in your opinion is best equipped for a potentially disrupted season of players in and out of lineups due to COVID so I guess this is pretty much which team has the best depth right so yeah. I would say South and Penrith and the Roosters uh, I was going to say, yeah, like for a long time, people laughed at the Roosters' depth. And pe- fan- we always laugh at depth because people don't understand if anyone's good yet, unless they're like an established first grader. And we found out last year, actually, the Roosters had like 10 kids were pretty good. Right. They showed they could already deal with it. I would say for mine, they, they are the most equipped for a turbulent season because they've already proven they can do that. Mm-hmm. I think like Penrith is like great squad of players, but we, we've seen them lose one or two key players and it really fall apart. Whereas like, the Roosters have shown that pretty much they can lose anybody and compete, which is like ridiculous in the NRL, but maybe it's like them in a the storm. The Bunnies, I would usually say that, but the Bunnies missing Reynolds is already big. Milford isn't there. And it's like, if they lost like Cody Walker, it's already like looking pretty thin. Yeah. Fair. yeah so, so, but I'm, I'm a Jason Dimitri guy though. So I got some faith in him there. So yeah, I don't know, but I do think like the Roosters have proved it. Last year, and the Storm have proved it forever that they they can they're pretty good at next man up. Whereas almost every other team loses a key player or two, and you're pretty shit. Yeah. Uh, uh, David Hunter, should the NRL premiers be made to play the the World Club Challenge? What should be the penalty I mean, for forfeit? They should, but the last people on earth who are going to make them do it is the current administrators. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's it. Like, what's a penalty? I mean, they can't really penalize them can they it's always been the world cup challenge has always been more of a benefit for super league sides and it has been nrl sides i mean it's been played over there for christ's sake but so they've like a lot of nrl teams wouldn't play if they didn't have to so give them the easiest out and they're going to take it yeah like was it the penrith ceo just like wasn't something to emails picking up phone didn't even like have that was what i read yeah something something like that yeah uh i don't know how to say it is that thelonious brunk yeah sure i think so no, yeah, when you, will, you nailed that one. When will Kronk be the correct answer on Wordle? Is Kronk uh, a word? No, it's not. Is it? Well, I don't think I, so. I, I'm not a Wordle guy. I'm not I'll, hang on. I'll open an incognito window and I'll try to mm. type in the word Kronk. Um, Wordle, big game. I can't believe yep. you haven't got on board yet. All right. Wrong. I don't know. Uh, Kronk is a like word. Kronk by. is a word. There you go. What's the Kronk something? Sick and ailing. Kronk definition. Uh... Unfit or unsound, fraudulent. Oh God! I, well, well, that's just wrong. No, but saying it's Aussie, Aussie slang is the definition of dictionary.com here. Sick or feeble? It's not really Aussie slang, is well, it? Well, it can't be Aussie slang if it's in this diction. If this this game has in the past week shout out American spellings of words, so it's not- oh, so it's in the Wordle dictionary. Yeah, I just I opened a Wordle and typed in Kronk and it accepted it as a word. Well, there you go. Whereas if you type in something that's not a word, it doesn't accept it. Okay, wait. So Wordle is a website now. Yeah, it's always been. It's no app. It's just a website. Oh, I thought it was an app. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so there you go. Kronk's a Wordle. It might might be one. 
So there you go. Could uh, be one day. I'm going to start using it as my first word every day, out of respect. Uh, Steve Bull says, "Where to for the once mighty knights from here?" God, have we already have we already corn their demise again? <laughs> oh, look, I you know you and I agree that hooker is probably the hardest position to um, go without. They touch the ball every play. They're very important. It's a brutal break for them. Um, there's so many shit teams in the NRL, <laughs> like, and they've got Caelan Ponga and some good and, forwards. Like okay, Adam Clune. Is not an exciting player or an exciting signing, but he was okay when he played for the Dragons. Like he was, he was okay. And, you know, maybe if they had Jaden Braley, I could buy that, whatever they had played Adam Clune next to Clifford with Ponger at fullback, pretty much kept that pack together. Like the Saifidi brothers were exceptional last year. You know, the steam will hit all the middle still. You know, maybe, you know, I can believe that they were still going to be that strong side, but it's like you take Jaden out and it's like, they got Gagai. I keep forgetting Gagai went there. Yeah, same. I wish Gagai and Best, Gagai. great center combination for them. But yeah, you just feel like, you know, if they're the Chris Randall's not going to be the hookup all year, surely not. And you know, they haven't got Connor Watson anymore, so if they actually could have really used him right now, but not any any other options up there. Like, so they have to probably find someone else to fill in. As, as we said, like fill in hook. There's, you know, when. The Dragons needed one. They got Andrew McCulloch, who, whatever, he's good for a field. And the Knights had him 1.2, but there's not really guys like that around the NRL now. Maybe they have to call Josh Hodgson. Like, would the would the Raiders do it? Maybe they would. What's... Because like, uh, Starling's their guy, right? Like, Why like, don't they give us Dane Gagai back and we'll give them Saliba Havili? <laughs> but it's like, yeah, maybe they make that phone call about... um. Josh Hodgson might be the kind of one you can get if you can't get the maybe Reese Robson you could get to oh, fire up Piggles. There's a dog. Piggles does off. not. Piggles doesn't think Josh Hodgson should go. Clearly, no, he shouldn't. No, he's only thinking he barks at the front door. So Anna's yeah. coming home. But there he goes. Yeah. So I don't know where they go from there. But I wouldn't say they're demo- like you know nah, they're going to fall. It's a lot. It's, a lot. They can, it's 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 better that it happens now than in like week sixteen. They, they they weren't very good this season. and They still made the finals. You know what sucked? Losing Latrell Mitchell like two weeks before the season ended. Yeah, if you lost him in preseason, you can plan around that. It's you obviously can, not ideal to lose good players at any time, like, but it's they better had a to negative have it now than against, later. Remember, I think they, they, they were twelve and twelve. They were negative one hundred and forty-three. Like them and the Titans both made negative. Like the Titans were ten and fourteen, a joke of a final side. But twelve, they they, they, they were nearly one hundred forty-three. They weren't a good the team, the Knights. Like, but they still got there. Like that's you said. There's a lot of bad teams now, and with the way the, the disproportionate is, like good teams win like everything by like three or four games. So teams that finish eight currently don't finish with positive records. I'll be around that mix. Yeah. All right. We done. That's, that's the questions. It is. That's all. We did it. All right. We're uh, we'll be back soon. Um, yeah. Uh, if you're a new listener, welcome. If if you're an old listener, welcome back. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll just do a couple more podcasts like this, I guess, till we get into the review stuff proper. In, in preview stuff, February yeah. or March re- review preview. Yes, of course. In uh, February, March, at some point. Uh, if there's anything else you want to support about in the meantime, let us know, um, and we'll uh, do our best to accommodate you. Or maybe we won't. I don't know. Depends if we like you or not. No, I'll definitely ignore you. Message me. Message me. Yeah, all pretty right. much. Oh, I get given ideas all the time. Pretty much the, the 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 best idea we were given and we actually did was the the expansion draft idea was um uh like one of the Patreons uh Lachlan yeah. gave us it years ago, like two years ago. We hadn't got around to doing it. 
or found that right window of time to do it in. Because if you remember last year, Origin was after the, we wanted to do it the previous off season, but Origin was in the off season, the previous off season. Yeah. So we didn't have an off season really. There so is no off season. We did that, but you know, most of the time, you, yeah, we're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. That's goodbye from me. <laughs>